They call them digital challenger banks, but these days the challenge might as well center on survival. Becoming profitable is a huge concern and finding the customers that need the services they have to offer even more so. To learn more about what's going on on the digital challenger bank landscape and figure out what it means for the months and years ahead, we have Arcady Lapiro, the founder and CEO of Agora Services. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. Thanks again for tuning into Bankadelic. We are part of the NMD Plus family of podcasts, and I encourage you strongly to check out Dave and Darm Demystify, our fintech podcast that originates from London. And today on the show, we have Arcady Lapiro, and what a treat this is for me. He's a fintech veteran and the founder and CEO of Agora Services. Lapiro was part of the founding team that built Fortuneo in 2000, one of the biggest European digital banks and the only digital bank profitable since 2004. How about that? A resident of New York, New York, Lapiro since 2010 is also an active member of the fintech industry. He serves as a mentor and advisor to several U.S., Canadian, and Israeli fintech companies. Arkady, welcome to Bankadelic. Thank you, Lou, for having me. Great to be here. Now, the first thing I want to ask you, you are one of the most amazingly informed and active people in fintech. I get your notes all the time with suggestions for articles. You are prolific in terms of disseminating information and creating it. How do you do it? I don't know if I got the right info. When you're in the industry for such a long time, I have some gray hair, unfortunately. I'm not uh, below 30. <laughs> when I say that, it's like, you know how to decrypt, access the right info at the right time. So it's not complicated today. Automatic notification from Google, from Android, etc. The thing is like, there's so much information out and there's so much misinformation also out. The hard part is like to decrypt and to take the right, piece of this information. Yeah, there's a lot of buzz about co-banking, about neo bank, changer bank, about even traditional banking. And just like the hard piece is really like to find the right information. And indeed there is misinformation and there is also missed information and want to thank you for your role in getting the latter out. Speaking of which, digital challenger banks there is a great deal of movement, for example, in London with Monzo, Starling Bank, and in the United States, it's starting to pick up as well, but they are struggling to turn large user bases into a profitable business model. Now, these major players are seeking further funding. Meanwhile, investors are starting to question the whole proposition. What do you think is the first thing that people need to realize when they look at digital challenger banks as viable for the future? Once again, challenger bank, that's the way you call them today. It's not new. It's not like five years ago. It's not 10 years ago. It's not even 15 or 20. It started like 30 years ago. 
and started here in the US in the early 90s. But the way Changer Banga today, it really started in early 2000. It was called Digital Bank at that time. And I did one of them. So there's nothing new in the business proposition. It's always the same. It always starts with the same story. A little bit of technology, a little bit of user experience, some money. In the 90s, it was the legacy bank. They started their own digital banking. Early 2000, it was the first kind of VCs at that time. And a few years ago, it's massively from VCs. So on the VC side, what do they see? Or what do they want to see? They want to see that these new players are going to take over the market, monetize, and make it to the big run. Other VCs, what they're looking at, maybe just like to get in, exit at a certain point, and give it to an investor. I'm going to talk about the valuation in a few seconds. The end user, what does an end user look for? And it's not just digital banking, it's a war. It was the same thing with Uber. End user is looking for something easy, something cheaper, something faster. And regarding change and banks, all of them, they're starting with the same value proposal. I'm not talking about the business model. I'm just talking about value proposal to get into the market, which is a checking account, easy onboarding, nice user experience, and it's free. More or less, they're all starting like that. So now, down the word about valuation, it's not a viable business model. So that's why when you mention uh, Monzo, they did an annual report. And second year in a row, the auditor is raising a red flag by saying, there's a concern about the viability, which is scary. Now, among some of the digital challengers, and we should say some, not all, there's a bit of chest beating in terms of how they are moving the ball forward and legacy banks don't get it. That said, legacy banks may have some answers here that would be really valuable. So once again, when I mention about what's the anger of uh, Changer Bank, on Neobank, their anger, it's like Uber, fast, easy, cheap. Now you're moving to a legacy bank, big one, tier two or tier three, small, medium. If you want to be cheaper, that's your PNL. You can always come with a new business or with a new pricing to make it more affordable. And right now in the US, you have a trend, which is to stop the overdraft fee. So you see, it started with Changer Bank and now it's moving to the legacy bank. So they can do that on the pricing model because they own their p and they can do whatever they want. Regarding faster, all the time they rely on their legacy infrastructure. So there's a big rift between the big bank, Chase, Bank of America, City, and all the others. The big one, they have an unlimited budget. So they can put billions of dollars to revamp their infrastructure or to increase the user experience or to add features. And they do that on their own. They don't rely on a legacy core banking provider like a Pricev, Jack Henry, FIS. Small, medium, they're going to struggle. And there's a myth, especially in our country, the US, which is if you want to ramp up your digital journey, you have to do it with your core banking provider. And now there's a new way, which is called modular banking or above your core. And that's where we're coming. I love that you mentioned that because you have this white paper delivering innovation without touching the core. The concept of modular banking is fascinating to me. Break that down. So you are a community bank or credit union. You cannot compete with a change bank because you don't have funding from VCs or you don't have the IT team and you don't have the user experience. You call your preferred vendor. They don't have a solution. If they had the solution, they would have deployed right away to compete with this changer bank and the initiatives from Chase and others. On the other side, because you're small, medium, you cannot do everything. You have to focus. 
So you have to find what is critical for you and you have to find what niche market you want to serve. And then you need to find the right technology. You call your provider, your legacy one, it's not happening. You're looking for X providers and it's complicated. And then there's this concept of modular banking. It's to create a layer on top of your core and that you can leverage like a Lego box and you can build the product you need block by block. And that's the concept of modular banking or Lego box banking or middleware. And as you mentioned earlier, there's a miscommunication or misinformation or missed information. Community Bank and Christian, they don't know that this solution today is available. Now, my son who just tromped into the house would certainly appreciate the power of teens. <laughs> Hence, teenpower.club and also small and medium-sized businesses. I love smb.com. Both of those URLs are very relevant to what you're doing as white label solutions. I'd love to know more. Yep. So coming back on the opposite side, today, all of them are attacked by this new changer bank. And this changer bank, either they're mass market like Chime, or they're going after niche. And the problem, if you want to go mass market, you already have some kind of solution. But today, they don't have a solution for niche market. And two niche markets are critical, crucial for community banks and Christian for the long term. One, it's the teen segment because the average age of a community bank or Christian, it's more than 50% of the customers or members are above 50 to 55 years old. So they need drastically to address the younger generation because they're the future client. You have a small medium business. It's the bread and butter in a certain way for this institution. And that's where they make money. But on the other side, you have Changer Bank, you have Brex, Novo, Lily, Revolut, the UK player, which is launching here. Um, for teen banking, you have Greenlight. They claim that they have today 3 million users, including the users for parents. But it's huge, huge. So... That's why we came with the idea of deploying our technology, our Lego box, to build a complete changer bank alike, and that we can offer in a white table model to these banks and criterion and without core integration. That means they don't need to look for a project of 12 to 16 months to launch it. Within weeks, they have a complete changer bank that can be white label and which is even better than this changer bank. So that's where we came out with uh, teenspower.club and I love SMB. And we're excited because our work was recognized. The financial brand has launched a neobank tracker worldwide and we're listed there. What's incredibly impressive here is that the future of banking lies with affinity groups. Whereas before, throughout the history of banking, a bank or a financial institution was there for pretty much everybody. And there was not really a lot of division between age or interest. And now we're seeing that very specific focus. In particular, I look at the small and medium businesses that have been neglected by many banks because they just felt it wasn't worth the trouble to go after that business. So hats off to you for recognizing this and doing something about it. It seems like baby boomers will be next for you. That's another niche that we're going to launch next year. It's a senior account for elderly people. And once again, there's nothing new in this world. Nothing is new. Nothing is created. It's just recycling or transformation. When I'm saying that, the niche changer bank that we're launching right now and the one next year, I built already something like that in the brokerage industry two decades ago 
We launched the digital bank in Europe, Aviva, and I built for them a white label solution for teen brokerage, SMB brokerage, and elderly senior brokerage. So change our bank are not new. It's always the same story, but with the new technology. Well, the amount of energy, passion, vision, focus, and knowledge. Should I go on? <laughs> You're bringing uh, all of this. It feels like it's my mom talking to me right now by saying, oh my God, you should have been a doctor or a lawyer, which I'm not. So. You talk to my mom, a podcast host? Where did I go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling. Well, it is absolutely a privilege and a delight. And of course, we're going to keep trading notes on LinkedIn into the foreseeable future. Arkady, thank you so much for being on Bankadelic. Thank you, Lou. Thank you for your time. Arkady Lapiro is the founder and CEO of Agora Services. He is based in New York, New York. You can look for Arkady on LinkedIn. You're listening to Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at NMD Plus, based in London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. If you like what you've heard here, be sure to check out NMD Plus's financial technology podcast, Dave and Darm Demystify, with hosts Dave Wallace and Darmesh Mystery. Bankadelic. Sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Have you thought about how you'll gain the upper hand in your search for stellar talent? Banker Hire leverages a niche industry with uncommon insight. They're committed to finding you qualified commercial and community banking, lending, compliance, HR, retail, and wealth talent. Banker Hire prides itself on listening and solving problems. Their approach is 100% hands-on and heads-up, giving you what you need to make smart, actionable decisions. For more information, visit BankerHire.com. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q U O N. T-I-C-Bank.com. All right. Ever since I quit my job as the official bankadelic executioner and threw away me hangman's noose, I've been thinking about what to do with my life. And I think I've hit on it. I'm going to start a challenger bank. That's right, what of all sorts of challenges? Mod wrestling, wife carrying, axe throwing, and running head first into the monument known as Stonehenge. In fact, I think the only thing left is to figure out what to call it. Perhaps in honor of my last occupation, I'll call it Hangman's Bank. 
That's right. Well, we don't put a rope around your neck in terms of interest rates. Well, we invite you onto a secure scaffolding that allows you to achieve your financial goals. But if you miss a payment, woe be no! unto you, because it's no! so I'd like to have a word with you. After all, we're pretty experienced in the execution thing, and you won't live to make another late payment. <sighs> Will ya? And now, Bankadelic presents... Three Bullseyes. Number one. And we're gonna change our bank, all of them by starting with the same value proposal. A checking account, easy onboarding, nice user experience, and it's free. More or less, they're all starting like that. So now, don't be worried about valuation, it's not a viable business model. Number two. There's a myth, especially in our country, the US, which is if you want to ramp up your digital journey, you have to do it with your core banking provider. And now there's a new way which is called modular banking or above your core, and that's where we're coming. Number three. Once again, there's nothing new in this world. Nothing is new, nothing is created. It's just recycling or transformation. When I'm saying that, change our bank are not new. It really started in early 2000. It was called Digital Bank at that time, and I did one of them. So it's always the same story, but with the new technology. And now, Louis Views. Arcady Lapiro on today's podcast spoke convincingly about the idea that there is nothing new under the sun. And indeed, in financial services, we have seen certain things spun out as new that have been around a long time. Right now, especially in Europe, buy now, pay later has become an incredibly popular runaway concept. But here's the problem. Buy now, pay later has really been around as long as credit cards have. That's the whole idea of what a credit card is about. So why is buy now, pay later suddenly a new phenomenon? I'd argue that it isn't, even if the way that it is being used is a bit of a new wrinkle. Likewise, with challenger banks, as Arcady reminded us today, it's really a new spin on digital banking, and digital banking has been around for a long, long time. Now, it's one thing to be cool and be hip and bill yourself as a challenger bank, and it's another thing as a legacy bank to say, well, if challenger banks are nothing new, what do we have to worry about? Here's the middle road that I think is the high road. We need to look at those certain constituencies, the demographics that aren't being served, the move to create a special property for teens and eventually one for the elderly, zeroes in on the true future of banking. Here's hoping that as the technology accelerates, we'll leave behind the labels, the jargon, the spit shine on old ideas, and really get into new ways to help serve the people that so much depend on us. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks also to Quantic 
I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn. And if you've got a milkshake, I'm drinking. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of Contrarian New Media, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.